Which Lion veterans might be in trouble for their roster spot? We talk about it on a Wednesday. You are Locked On Lions, your daily Detroit Lions podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Matt Derry with you. It is another episode of Locked On Lions right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day on this, a Wednesday, July 5th, and a Thursday, July 6th. Thanks for making us your first listen, checking us out wherever you get your podcast. Shout out to our everydayers who are out there who watch and listen to the podcast every day, whether if you find it on, on LockedOnLions.com, Twitter at Derry Speaks, although Twitter's been interesting the last week, uh, and our Locked On Lions YouTube channel, which of course you can subscribe to and watch for free. Coming up on the show today, there's some veteran players. I'd say about three that maybe their roster spot could be in jeopardy. There's some more depth. There's a lot of pressure on them to perform in training camp. We'll get to some of those guys coming up momentarily and talk about that. Also, I heard a very interesting conversation the other day between a dad and his son about taking him to a Lions game. And I want to share that story with you. Also, Jimmy Traina was on the other day from the SI Media Podcast and Sports Illustrated, uh, world-renowned NFL and uh, national media writer, covers media. We love Jimmy Traina. And Jimmy talked about Tony Romo, and I want to get into that too, coming up momentarily here on the show as well. Locked on Lions today brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Um, all right, let's get into it. A lot to get into uh, today here on a Wednesday. We appreciate you guys uh, checking us out here uh, in the midsummer. We're, we're getting closer to training camp just a few weeks before the lions veterans, rookies, everybody shows up to Allen park and two, two, two rod wood drive to start training camp. So, we're getting that itch for football, aren't we? It's a little crazy. But I, I wanted to get into a couple of things here. And first and foremost, you look at the Lions roster, whether you go to OurLads.com, which I love the way they lay out the roster, or the Lions website, or any of the sites to take a look at really what the Lions have when it comes to their roster. And you'll see that there's more competition, there's more depth, and there's less, I, don't know, I, I guess, and there's just less dead weight. When you look at this roster, you see better players, you see positions that have been filled. You see more depth at positions that there weren't in the past. You look at linebacker linebacker and you say, man, in the past, the Lions maybe had one above average linebacker and everybody else was, you know, replacement level or below. And now you see, all right, the Lions have Alex Anzalone, who they love and Derek Barnes and, and Jack Campbell and Malcolm Rodriguez and, and guys that you know are going to be there. Heck, Jalen Reeves-Maben is a linebacker, but you know with the loss of some of the better special teams players on this team the last couple of years, C.J. Moore is gone after the gambling suspension. They're going to need to keep a guy like Jalen Reeves-Maben around. So I wouldn't even include him in this list of three veterans that I look at on this roster, the roster that could be in danger, in danger of losing their roster spot. But my, I guess my point is, these three players that I'm about to mention are not that important. There's, there's guys ahead of them that are better. These guys were counted on in the past to maybe play a little bit more, contribute a little bit more. And now I look at it and go, 
there are pl- better players above them, and that's why their spot uh, might more might be in more jeopardy than let's say 2021 or 2022. So this is why I'm bringing this up. Uh, first and foremost, the first name that I see when I think about uh oh, a name that we all know, a veteran player, someone that's been around a few years, who might not make this team. And I look at Julian Okwara first and foremost. Now, remember this about Julian Okwara. Number one, he's been injured a lot. Number two, when he's played, he's had some decent moments, whether it's setting the edge against the run and making a play out, out, out wide or getting to the quarterback. But I look at that as a name where with the depth that the Lions have, whether it's James Houston on the outside or Aiden Hutchinson or Romeo Okwara, Julian's brother, or Charles Harris coming back, or John Kaminsky, or Josh Paschal. There's a big, there's a big group of outside linebackers slash edges slash defensive ends on this team. I don't know Julian Okara's role. I'm not sure Aaron Glenn and the Lions have an idea of where they're going to play him. But when you go into this season knowing that there's going to be mostly five defensive backs on the field, that means you're going to have, you know, four guys up front five in the back and only two linebackers. So I don't see a scenario where a guy like number 99, Julian Okwara, would get a lot of burn. And I think his roster spot would be in trouble. Let's remember this as well about Julian. He's entering his fourth season. All right. Contract year. And he was not drafted by Brad Holmes. Julian Okwara was drafted in 2020 by the previous general manager, the former maestro, Bob Quinn. So Julian Okwara is not a Brad Holmes guy. And Brad Holmes now, as we've seen over the last couple of years, has done what every other general manager in every sport does. They're going to put their own furniture in their own house. Good GMs do keep good furniture around, good pieces around that they might not have purchased themselves. Frank Ragnow was not a Holmes draft pick. Um, Neither was Taylor Decker. All right. Uh, remember when Don Muehlbach was here for years and now as a part of the staff was somebody that Brad Holmes kept around. But but I understand when you have good pieces, Jonah Jackson's another one that was drafted by the previous regime. Um, you want to keep good players, but there are some GMs that say, I'm brooming this out and I'm bringing my own guys in and I'm even going to let other guys walk that are good. And that that's stupid to me. But some general managers are hard-headed like that. I don't think Brad Holmes is that way because Ragnow, Decker, Jackson, just to name a few, are still here. And they were not uh, drafted by um, Brad Holmes. Neither was Tracy Walker, for that matter. But Julian O'Quara, there's some pressure on him to perform. Not sure of his role. Not a Holmes draft pick. Entering his fourth year. And I could see that as being a veteran player whose roster spot could be in trouble. Another guy that is very similar to Julian O'Quara from that sense is Logan Stenberg. That would be number two on my list. The interior offensive lineman, the guard, who's been given opportunities to play, but really has never just taken the ball and run with it. Um, Also entering his fourth year, contract year for Logan, also drafted by Bob Quinn in the fourth round in 2020. Not a Brad Holmes pick. And you look at the interior of the offensive line right now, you see Jonah Jackson, you see Halapulavati Vitae, you see Graham Glasgow, uh, Ross Pierschbacher played a lot during mandatory minicamp and at times was the backup center. Seems like the Lions like him. Uh, 
Cody Sorsdal was drafted in the fifth round this year as an interior offensive lineman. And a Coyote, a Coyote Owosika is a guy that Brad Holmes picked up last year that for a couple of games got more playing time than Stenberg did. When Stenberg has played, he hasn't been good. Um, He gets exposed. And he had a really good camp, I thought it was last year or two years ago, and looked to be a guy that they liked. And then the next thing you know, uh, he was just bypassed throughout the season and, and even in the lineup um, to the point where he was deactivated. So Stenberg is still here. He's still a part of this team. He's still on the roster. But I think that's somebody whose roster spot is likely in trouble. The last guy I wouldn't really say is that much of a veteran, but you look at the running back room and you say, is this guy going to make the team? And that is former seventh round pick of Brad Holmes three years ago. Um Jamar Jefferson. Lions running back room is loaded right now. They've got David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs is going to play a lot. Craig Reynolds. Come on, Craig. Put the gun down, son. Craig. Um, Craig Reynolds is good. They brought him back. They like him. And they really like the undrafted rookie free agent, Mohamed Ibrahim from Minnesota. Has some ties here in Detroit. Um and I think is going to bypass and leapfrog Jamar Jefferson and make the team. Jamar had that one run, remember, in Pittsburgh a couple of years ago where he broke a bunch of tackles. I think he got into the end zone. It was like, oh, my God, Lions might have something here. This was a seventh-round pick a couple of years ago. But, again, health has been a concern um, and really hasn't been able to move up the ranks to get to that number three spot behind Jamal and DeAndre Swift last year. And now this year, David Montgomery and Jameer uh, Gibbs. Craig Reynolds just seems to be more reliable, takes care of the football, runs a little bit more upright, a little bit bigger guy. And if Mo Ibrahim makes the team or Greg Bell or any of these other guys have good camps, I think Jefferson's spot could be in danger. So those are three veterans that I think you got to keep an eye on in, in training camp that, that could be casualties and cuts that are names that we recognize. Um, so keep that in mind. All right. Coming up next. Um, I heard a great conversation between a father and son at target the other day. I was standing in line. Um, and I want to share it with you and ask a question. We'll do that about the line schedule, home schedule. We will do that uh, coming up next. First though, I got to tell you about our friends at LinkedIn jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best quality quality and qualified candidates available. That's why you got to check out LinkedIn jobs. I've been posting jobs for my company, uh, our company uh, on LinkedIn for, for a couple of years. LinkedIn jobs is great. Helps find the right people to your team faster and for free. doesn't cost anything to do this. Everybody's on LinkedIn. Now they're looking to uh, network and meet people, talk to people that they know, uh, comment on, on posts and post themselves. LinkedIn's great. Add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. It's easy. Simple tools like screening questions are there. They make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's simple. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Here's the call to action, as we call it, folks. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster, right? So here's what you do. Post your job for free 
at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our Wednesday edition of Locked On Lions. Hope everybody's having a great week. Happy Fourth uh, of July to everybody as well, right here on Locked On Lions. Um, all right. So the other day I'm in Target and I'm in one of those lines where, uh, you know, you're checking out yourself. It's a self checkout, but the line's kind of long, so I'm standing there, and uh, I'm listening to this dad and son talking about the lions. So of course my ears perked up a little bit, and uh, I'm just listening to this and. The kid's excited about the Lions. He's probably like nine or 10 years old. And he's talking to his dad and he's like, I want to go to a game. I want to go to a game. You know, um, didn't sound like he had been to a game before. And the dad's like, yeah, they're getting good. We, we should go. And he's like, but tickets are really expensive. So I don't know how many games we're going to go to, but you know, if there's one game you want to go to, what, which one would it be? He was asking the kid and the kid's like, I don't, he didn't have the schedule in his head. He's 10 years old. He's like, I don't know which one should we go to? And I'm, and you know, here I am sitting here hosting the show. I'm like, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm not going to go. Oh, Hey, uh, Joe and Joe and Joe's dad. Like I, I just kept my mouth shut, but I was listening to the conversation. The dad looks on his phone and he's like, Oh yeah. Uh, the Packer game is Thanksgiving, but you know, that's a tough game to, to go to. But I was thinking to myself, they were kind of talking and then they went and checked out. So I wasn't following the whole conversation, but it may, it had me thinking for the show. What's the one game, the one game on this home schedule that you'd want to go to this year? The what's the one home game that you'd want to go to? Lions are going to be playing Seattle, Atlanta, Carolina, Las Vegas, Chicago, Green Bay, Denver, and Minnesota this year at home. All right. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight options. Eight home games, nine road games. Last year it was a uh, flip-flopped. So, you know, it, it had me thinking, wait, did I do that right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, yes, eight. Eight home games, nine on the road. It was two years ago they played the extra road game in Denver, if I rem remember correctly, and I, I do now. And I'm thinking, if I'm making the choice, there's one game that I'm picking right away, and that's the Monday night game against the Raiders. Heck, our buddy Turner Batdorf, one of our listeners who gave me, sent me and gave me the infamous 222 Rodwood Drive sign. Turner invited me to a game, that game. I'm going to that game. I think I'm even bringing, uh, I think I'm even bringing uh, the bride with me. Yeah, he's like, you and a guest. So thank you, Turner, for the invite. So night before Halloween, Monday Night Football, October 30th, at Ford Field against the Raiders, to me is the best game. That's the game I would take. Now, again, that's a kid, 10-year-old kid. I don't know if I'd be taking a 10-year-old kid on Monday night. Not going to get home till real age. He's probably got school the next day, uh, Halloween, all of that stuff. But my first choice, if someone said to me, you could go to a game this year, a home game, which is it? Monday night football. There's nothing better than under the lights. Lions haven't played a home Monday night game in, in years. I remember that Bears Monday nighter years ago and uh, Cutler and the I mean, the Lions crowd was unbelievable. So Raiders too coming in, Max Crosby, uh, uh, Garoppolo, Silver and Black. I love it. I think that is going to be awesome. That would be my first choice as the game to go to. Thanksgiving, 
yeah, fun and cool, but like probably not my second choice if I'm looking at this schedule. My second choice would be the home opener against Seattle. Revenge game, good team coming in. It's our first real taste of the Lions. I know they'll play some preseason games and all that, but no, man. We're starving for football. We're excited. What if the Lions somehow went into Kansas City and won? Could you imagine what the home opener will sound like against Seattle? And the Seahawks are a good team. And like I said, Lions want to pay them back for last year. Home opener's fun. Everybody's you know jacked up and juiced up for this game. We haven't had anything fun to cheer about around here in a while for any of our teams, unless maybe you're a Michigan football fan or something. So uh, I would pick Seattle as my second choice. It's maybe my second pick of home games to wanting to go to. Third, um, maybe week 18 against Minnesota, the division could, could come down to that game or a playoff spot or something like that. And that, but again, that also could be a meaningless game. You just never know. But my top three would probably be the Raider game, the Seahawks game, and the Minnesota game. Yes, there's something about Green Bay and Thanksgiving that is cool, but I don't know. Um, not my That's never been my first choice. I'm never in town for Thanksgiving. I'm always away with family. Um, I mean, yeah, it's cool that the Packers are in for Thanksgiving, but like, I don't know. I'm more excited for the, I would be more excited for the Minnesota game in week 18 if it had meaning. But again, I guess I put that caveat out there. So just something cool and exciting to think about. Just, man, cannot wait for this, this season to start. All right. Uh, one last thing. Jimmy Traina was on Monday from SI talking about Tony Romo. And I want to respond to that and react to that. We'll do that coming up next. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at Marg's Sparkling Margaritas. Guys, I've been telling you about this for months. New drink, summer drink, amazing and better than High Noon's and White Claws. It's called Marg's Sparkling Margaritas, M-A-R-G-S. I stumbled upon these recently. They're fantastic. Refreshing, ready-to-drink sparkling margaritas that have become my go-to cocktail. Seriously. Crafted with real Blanco tequila, Marg's are clean, crisp, and genuinely taste so good. And what's great is you go to SipMarg's, S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com, and find a retailer near you. There's stores around me that that have them. You just have to look look on the website, SipMarg's.com to find a retailer near you where you can get them. They're the drink of the summer, no question, whether you're on a boat, whether you're uh, hanging out, uh, fishing, whatever it is, and maybe, just maybe, you're getting ready for tailgate season, you're going to want to have Margs on hand. Again, sipmargs.com, go there now. Must be 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers, and please, drink responsibly. All right, so on Monday's show, we had Jimmy Traina on from SI, the SI Media Podcast and Sports Illustrated. If you go to SI.com, you can read all of Jimmy's stuff. He writes all the time about broadcasters, and he has uh, broadcasters on his show, Ian Eagle, Jim Nance, Al Michaels, Joe Buck. He has all the big ones on his podcast. So wherever you get your podcast, find the SI Media Podcast with Jimmy Traina. But we had him on on Monday, and I asked him about Tony Romo. You know, when you're the NFL and you only get 18 weeks and then the playoffs and everything else, Everything is just magnified. And last year, the CBS crew of Jim Nance and Tony Romo did not have a good season. There were too many times you watched too many big games and you went, man, what's going on with Romo? You know, the Lions-Cowboys game this past year, those guys did the game. And the broadcast just wasn't as good. 
And Romo became the number one analyst and a guy that made $17, $18 million a year based off the fact that he was, before plays were, were being run, saying, watch the tight end here uh, or, 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 or running back out of the backfield. He just knew when he could hear the calls, like the quarterback saying, blue 82, blue 82, whatever. He picked up on the plays and it was really, really good. His first year, last couple of years, Romo would just, he sounds clueless. He doesn't sound prepared. It's kind of annoying with his voice. And, you know, trainer wrote about it last year a lot. And even talked to Jim Nance about it on his podcast that, is this a big year for the number one analyst, Tony Romo? Now, remember, Fox has Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson as the number one team. And Olson, after this year, is going to be basically broomed out for Tom Brady. Could there be a scenario where Olson gets out of his Fox contract, goes over to CBS and becomes the number one analyst on CBS with Nance if Romo just isn't cutting it anymore? You know, Phil Sims was replaced years ago when people thought he wasn't good anymore. They moved him to the studio show and they moved Romo in. But I don't find Tony Romo to be good anymore. And I, I, I just, you know, we all watch those 425 games or, you know, the big one o'clock game when it's Nance and Romo and, you know, CBS has the Super Bowls or the AFC championship game. And, you know, Romo just seems you know, clunky and, cl and clowny at times. So... I'm interested in people's thoughts on it. Leave your comments on our YouTube page or uh, on Twitter. I'm interested in if people are off the Tony Romo bandwagon. That'll do it for this a Wednesday edition of Locked On Lions, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making us your first listen. Shout out to the everydayers that are out there as well. We'll talk to you again soon.